Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for listening to Make a Commitment to Your Learning. We hope you are doing well, um, you know, especially because it's cold and flu season. Yay. Um, so I apologize if I sound sniffly. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Yvonne Brandenburg, joined by the amazing Jordan Porter. Hey, girl. Hey. It's hey. weird when you do the intro. I know. I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, it's been a while since I got to do the intro. It's kind of fun. I know, right? <laughs> I've gotten it down uh, though. Like I, I like it's so like memorized that it's just like I know. I I still mean my notes. I'm not that cool. <laughs> like, what's my name? What's your name? I don't even know. <laughs> you know, some days things are hard. Uh, I know. You know what's crazy? Like, did you realize that when this goes live? we will have been doing this for four years. Is it our four year anniversary? It's our four year anniversary. Today? <laughs> Let me make sure which day it is, but this is definitely the week of it. Cause um, this year, you know, that tech week's a little bit early. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow. So October 11th is the official four year anniversary of the podcast. Which is insane because we were worried that we wouldn't get like 10 episodes done. <laughs> and now we're at 183, which is crazy. Oh, so many episodes. <laughs> it's like, <clears throat> I know. And we're like, what do we talk about? What have we talked about? We have to search every single time to make sure we haven't already done it. It's pretty funny, but it's okay. We're still, we've still got some ideas. We're good. I know it's just like some of the <laughs> ideas that I have, I'm like, there's a reason why they were at the bottom of my list. <laughs> I don't want to do them. <laughs> so true. So true. Oh my God. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, no, and it's, it's funny. Um, somebody messaged us in our membership and, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, yes, we talked about it, but you know, it's been four years and things change. So I'm wondering if there's some episodes that we can go back and do updates on. Because, oh, a thousand. I mean, like you know. diabetes alone. I feel like. We <laughs> oh my God. Those. Seriously. Oh, that's, that's really true. Yeah. Ooh, maybe we start looking at some of those. Yeah. Like I, I very much feel like we could pretty much just restart. And like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all of them, Jordan, but. <laughs> I mean, maybe not like the normal cat vomiting or like anything right. like that but like yeah the diseases i feel like we very much could like revamp is it a revamp or just updates i think it's just updates yeah i mean yeah. like yeah updates yeah new yeah. things that like came out new studies you know yeah oh yeah we could look at new studies and things there's there's always new stuff happening always so. interesting anyways Anyways, <laughs> that's like, I was, uh, I was in Colorado this last weekend at the, um, oh, I'm going to get it wrong. And I'm so sorry. Uh, it is C-A-B-T-A, which is Colorado. 
assistant and vet tech association, I think is what they is their official. Anyways, it was a really cool conference and I saw a couple people. So Bethany, hi. <laughs> um, and there was a couple of other people that, you know, have been listening for a long time, which was really cool. And, um, it was just, it was fun to be there and, you know, talk about some stuff, but you know, sometimes they're at a conference and they're like, oh yeah, we have that now. And I'm like, oh, this is what happens when I'm not on the floor and getting the new cool things. So yeah, it always amazes me like the new stuff that comes out and I don't know. It's pretty cool. It's fun. It is. Yeah. And we're going to a conference next week. I know. I'm so excited. Like I leave Saturday night and then you you come on Sunday and we're going to be in Austin for the very Mm -hmm. first NAVC hive, which is really cool. I think it's, I think they still have tickets. Um, so if you're going, if you're near Austin, Texas, or you need some CE and you want some pretty inexpensive, I think, I think it's still $25 for the tickets. Uh, I think it did it go up to 50 either way. Like if it did super inexpensive, it's it's much, it's a, it's a percentage of the standard conference fees. <laughs> Seriously. Although to be fair, travel and accommodations are usually the most expensive part. But if you've got people like you could do, you, we were doing an Airbnb, which ends up being less expensive than the hotels and stuff. So, yeah, you know, there's, there's options. There's, there's the ways to be scrappy and be a technician and get things done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, come on. We're, yeah, we're all used to that. Yeah. And hopefully your work pays for any conference because CE is totally work related. And if not, I've told people this because it is for your license, right? It's considered a tax write-off because it is for your license to maintain it. You need the CE hours. That's a um, good point, Yvonne. Look at you. I know. What I'm like, like if you have to, point. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to spend your own money, make it work for you. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we need to do another financial episode. <laughs> Ooh, I know someone, I know someone I could potentially get on here. That would be a good financial. We should do a financial series. Yeah, we should. We should. Ooh. Because like every, every, like we're adults now we need to know how to manage our money. <laughs> we weren't before. Uh, Am I, am I an adult? I don't know if I'm an adult. Mm. What did I read yesterday? I read something (laughs) yesterday that it says like, you're not technically an adult until like your body does something, which actually isn't until like much later in life than like people expect. Mm. And shoot, I don't remember what it was. (laughs) Like when your body starts forgetting what you were about to talk about. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Then we're, we're definitely adults. <laughs> like when like my brain has just reached capacity. <laughs> right. You're like done. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's it, so funny. It's there, but yeah, it was, it was quite interesting. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm there. Unfortunately, Ugh, adulting. Ugh. Uh, speaking of adulting housekeeping things, um, but we have a couple of things coming up. Um, I think in next, is it next weekend? No, the weekend after. Anyways, October 21st is our next monthly CE. Um, Saturday, October 21st, it is pancreatitis is what we're going to be talking about. Um, and if you're in the membership, it's free for you guys. If you are not in the membership, you're welcome to come join. It's our, our monthly CE and, um, 
Yeah. So we'll, we'll do that. It's always race approved. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, and the other big race approved CE. Wow. That was my cold voice that just like sounded like I was 12 years old. That was great. Um, is the internal medicine for vet text conference, the inaugural one. Um, so we're doing it Sunday, November 12th at, it's going to start at seven o'clock in the morning, Pacific time, 10 Eastern time. And it's going to go until about 4 30, um, in the afternoon. So we're doing eight hours of race proofed CE. Uh, Jordan and I are not doing all eight hours. We have some amazing speakers. Um, do we have that list somewhere like close? Because I know we've posted about it. <laughs> I know. So it's, well, obviously Jordan and I are both doing a lecture. Then we have Tabitha Cusera, who mm-hmm. is Chirps and Chatter or Tales from a Vet Tech uh, mm-hmm. podcast. She's awesome. Laura Jones from, I'm going to say it wrong. I do it every time. Veterinary Internal Medicine Nursing, mm-hmm. right? So she's doing a lecture, which is going to be super fun. You said We've it right, got... though, veterinary internal medicine nursing.com. Yep. I'm so excited. All right. Then... So we've got Tabitha and Laura, and then Kristen Freitas. Uh, she uh, has her ECC VTS. Um, it's going to be fun. She's going to do a lecture, and then we're going to do a lecture together, which will be fun because it's always it's fun to do internal medicine and emergency together because. <laughs> There's so much overlap. Mm-hmm. And then Christine Weaver, she's got her VTS in neurology. So she's going to talk about some seizure stuff, which will be really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse and... Laguna and then oh, Samantha yes. Broman. Yeah. And Jesse Laguna, um, I'm excited for Jesse because she, she joined us before she was a VTS and she's yeah. been a VTS now over a year. Has it been two years? Year and uh-huh. a half? I don't know where she's at. No, like. Was it last year? I think it was just last year. She's, she's a new VTS. Yeah. And and she's, she's starting to get into speaking, which is really cool. So we were excited to have her join. And then Sam, Sam and I work together. She's brilliant. She's, she should have gotten her VTS, but she's training now. So she couldn't get her VTS. I, I she's going to do something really cool at some point. I know. Cause she's brilliant. Um, so we're doing a lecture together, um, which will be really cool. Um, so I'm excited, um, for everybody and, and yeah, it's, it's fun. If you're, uh, internal medicine for vet techs member, um, part of it is the, um, conference fee is reduced price for anybody who's a member. So for, uh, members, members, it's $49 for all eight hours, and then if you're a non-member, you're still welcome to come to the conference. It's $159 uh, for eight hours. But, you know, if you sign up to become a member, um, you get $110 off the price of the conference. So there is yep. that in the membership. So anyways, if you want to check out the conference, see the speakers, see the lineup, go to imfpp.org slash conference 23. So IMFPP, Internal Medicine for Pet Parents, imfpp.org slash conference 23. Um, and you can find out how to sign up and come join us. I'm excited. We've got, we've got, I mean, it's not just the CE, we've got other stuff planned. So we'll have some prizes and goodies and things too, which will be exciting. 
<sighs> four years in Jordan, we're finally doing our conference. <laughs> I know. I mean, we talked about it for so long. To be fair, it was on the five-year plan. <laughs> like it we made it. It was on the five-year plan. Oh my God, that's exciting. <laughs> oh man, we got to look at our five-year plan and make sure we're uh, where we need to be. I mean, that's Ooh. probably one of the, <laughs> the only things on that list that we were like... <laughs> that we were really passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but today, um, today we're going to be talking about hypocalcemia in small animals. Um, so we're going to dive into that unless there, is there anything else that we need to cover for this week? I don't think so. That that tech week's next week. Um, so I'm going to say it this week, just because like our second episode we're, like our our vet tech week episode won't be out till tuesday so happy vet tech week to all veterinary technicians at least sunday through monday until i can say it again on tuesday yes oh and uh i don't know if it's i think this might be the last day but love you vet uh she's got her bundles for vet tech week so definitely go check that out which is l-o-v-e-h-u-e-v-e-t.com uh she's got some really cool stuff. Uh, so just make sure to check that out. Cause I think I want to say like today or tomorrow might be the deadline for ordering to get it in time for vet tech week. I think she was saying, yeah, she's got some really cool bundles. She does have really cool bundles. And since we're on the topic of her, uh, actually the vet tech bundles are good order by October 11th in order to get the goodies in time. So you have one more day to get, um, goodies from, love Huvet and her bundles for are vet tech week yeah. yeah for for vet tech week specifically she's got a couple different bundles between like 20 and 25 percent off and then a few more between 30 and 50 percent off Ooh, um nice but she also has some like wellness journals as well that uh, were specifically created for veterinary professionals mm. and it is a really great way for anybody just in vet med to really wind down after a long day it's like they have the cute little prompts of like hey what was the best patient you saw of the day like what made it the best patient and things because like you that. got one of those right i did and it was wonderful yeah. and so it's just it's like one of those really good like simple ways to just like reflect and decompress and just Slow let go down. of the stress of the day and like pay attention and be aware of like those good things that did happen. Right. Like, so it's like, yeah. you are letting go of the negative, but holding on to the, the, the positives. And so, um, she sold over 5,000 journals just in the last two years. And so, Dang. um, it That's really amazing. is great. And so yeah, grab yours at lovehuvet.com. Save 10% with our code IMFVT10 to get 10% off. Um, and like I said, don't forget to check out the things for vet tech week as well. Yeah. So if you're a manager, conference, CE, <laughs> love you at that bundles. Those yep. are going to be, I'm sure, really well received by everyone. So, <sighs> all right. I think that's all the adulting slash housekeeping things we have to do for this week, right? Yep. <laughs> I think so. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about hypocalcemia. Um, I don't know. I think calcium in general is kind of one of those cool. I mean, I knew about it in GP because like we'd have like those eclampsia patients that would come in. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but otherwise, you know, it, it was kind of a mystery. <laughs> the, you know, I don't know. I don't know about you, but it was, it was like, oh, you know, the things I think about is calcium and bones. Right. And that's, Yes, it's it's bones are an important 
part of it because they are storage for calcium, but there's so much more going on. So when we think of like hypocalcemia and just calcium in general, um, it is involved in a ton of stuff. So uh, contraction of muscle tissue. So skeletal muscles, you know, um, intestine muscle. Yeah. I'm yes. sorry. I'm interrupting, but like, it's actually really good that I moved this one to like this week because we just did malignant hyperthermia and that has to deal with calcium. So it's actually really nice that we're going to get like a more in-depth look of like the calcium and how it works. And I mean, I know we're talking about hypocalcemia and low calcium, um, but yeah, but I mean, we start with just calcium in general. Yeah. So it's, it's just nice. So, you know, did we, it was an Sorry, unintentional circle back to malignant hyperthermia. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So calcium, so muscle contraction, right. We talked about it with our malignant hyperthermia. Um, so skeletal muscles, involuntary muscles. So like our intestines, um, as well as our cardiac muscles. Um, so we want to make sure we're not <laughs> hypocalcemic and then our heart's like hey i can't beat anymore it's kind of a problem Only um it's, it's it's fine <laughs> um calcium is also used as a messenger to activate a ton of enzymes in the body um and regulate all sorts of body functions like i mean it's super involved with homeostasis like in so many levels which is crazy um we have storage systems. So bone is a big one. Um, but we kind of, there's, there's a couple of them that we'll talk about, um, that in case we need more circulating calcium, you know, we, we have it because the body does not like to go outside of our normal range of calcium. Like it's a very narrow window. It's a very narrow window. So, you know, it, it needs somewhere to store it to act, and then activate it. And then, if it needs less, you know, we need to put it somewhere. So, cause too much calcium is a problem. Too little calcium is a problem. I think that's um, why I'm not such a, like, I'm not a big fan. I mean, nobody, I'm not a big fan of many diseases, but like there are certain diseases that I'm like, it just clicks better, but like calcium diseases, like with me, like, because it's such a narrow window of like good opportunity, <laughs> like it's just like, <laughs> right. It's narrow just like one of, of those. Yeah. It's like Goodness. one of those things where I'm like, I'd rather not deal with you. <laughs> like, I'd, <laughs> I'd rather it just work the way it's supposed to. Just, yeah. Yeah. Work. I mean, yeah. Like other diseases. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. But like this one, I'm like, just, can you just do what you're told? Like, just <laughs> get out of my way that's and funny. do what you're told. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so it does calcium, um, is in a couple of different states in the body, which is kind of interesting. Um, depending on if it's being used in the bloodstream or if it's being stored. So when we think of the active form of calcium, we think of ionized calcium. Um, ionized calcium is going to be free floating in the bloodstream. Um, it's active. It's ready to be used um, by so many things in the body. <laughs> um, and so, you know, when we talk about it, again, tightly regulated. And it's interesting because about 50% of total calcium. So when we think of total calcium numbers is actually ionized calcium. Um, and that 
can vary depending on what's going on in the body, but in a normal, happy, healthy homeostasis body, about 50% of your total calcium is ionized calcium. So, um, you know, the calcium itself is not just free floating. It's usually, um, it's usually bound to something. Um, typically one of the big molecules that we think of for calcium is going to be albumin. So again, albumin has a lot of important things it does, but this is one of them. Um, and there's also some other just ions that are in the body that they, they bind up. So, uh, but, but albumin's like the big one. Um, so ionized calcium that's uh, free floating versus bound calcium, sorry, bound calcium is the stored calcium in the bloodstream, which kind of sounds weird, but so bound calcium and ionized calcium is what gives us our total calcium. So again, about 50% ionized calcium and the other 50% is, a, is approximately that bound calcium. This is kind of the, when we think of like our in-house lab work, our total calcium is usually what we'll see on our chem panels. To do an ionized calcium, it's usually a separate test. Um, I don't know about your clinic, but we have the iStats. Yeah, iStats what we use too. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I don't know of any other machines that do the ionized. I know, I know that right? other machines do do them. But I don't know what the- other in-house machines do. I know at least the last time I was in clinic, the IDEX machines that we had didn't. Right. Ours didn't either. And we always use the, the iStat. Yeah. We I'm sure there's other brands and the other, like the other clinics would use our iStat as well. So it's like, I don't, right. Like, I don't know. We would have, we would have patients get sent to us literally just for ionized calcium. Yeah. Same, same here. Or like we'd have uh, like a technician just bring a blood sample over for us to run an ionized calcium. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Um, so and there's like, not I know you, that I many know you, machines that do it. <laughs> no, like I know you can send it out to the lab, but it's like, we want those results for, like relatively quickly. So it's like. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah. So, so ionized calcium. Uh, and, and we'll talk about why that's important in a minute. So we'll get there. Um, Calcium is stored obviously in the bone. It's a mineral stored, stored in the bone. Um, it stores the calcium, and then when it's meaning needed, the bone then releases that calcium. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting. It is obviously calcium is really important for bone structure. So we just need to. This is another thing where you know it, you just have to be really careful because if too much of that calcium is depleted from the bone, we get osteoporosis, which is you know. I think, <laughs> I think all of us at this point know what osteoporosis is. It's softening of the bone. And that's because there's not enough calcium in the system. Um, so really important. Um, hypocalcemia is considered when there's a total calcium of less than nine milligrams per deciliter in dogs or less than seven milligrams per deciliter in cats. Um, and that's the total calcium. Uh, however, again, ionized calcium, that biologically active form, 
is really kind of the better measurement of it. Um, and usually you're looking at a range of 1.25 to 1.45 millimoles um, per liter. But again, check with your reference machine to see what the range is just to make sure. Um, and we think of hypocalcemia being when ionized calcium is less than one millimole per liter. So um, again, they're, they're a little bit different. So we just want to make sure we're reading the appropriate ones. So serum calcium concentration, um, there's a couple of things that can affect it and cause uh, errors. And uh, one of those is lipemia that can, can kind of mess up our calcium numbers, acid base balance disorders. So if we've got um, uh, respiratory or metabolic al alkalosis, we can have a decreased ionized calcium. Um, if we have a respiratory or metabolic acidosis, we can have increased ionized calcium. Um, and I think of my, when I think of acidosis, I think of my kidney patients <laughs> and how an ionized calcium is always messed up with them. So, um, and then, you know, um, the other thing that can decrease your total serum cal uh, calcium, and this is a state in the body is hypoalbuminemia. So if you have a low albumin patient, it's very possible that they have a low calcium levels again. Um, but that's total calcium, not necessarily the ionized calcium and ionized calcium is the one that's being used by the body, the bound calcium, which is part of that total calcium is the stored calcium, which is kind of crazy. Um, when we think of critically ill dogs and cats, uh, hypocalcemia is considered an important electrolyte disturbance too. So when we're thinking um, refeeding syndrome or um, DKA, all those guys, calcium is going to be a big one. Whew. All right. <laughs> when the body does need to raise its ionized calcium levels, um, it'll drop from the bones, right? Where we store it in the minerals. The intestines, uh, where we eat calcium and it can get absorbed. Um, we can also regulate how much calcium is allowed to enter the GI tract. So, you know, we can increase or decrease as needed. And um, we can we can force the bones to release or store calcium. Uh with different medications, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah, because like we, we talked about that a little bit, I think, about like using calcitriol, which, no spoiler yep. alert here, but yeah, we talked about using calcitriol <laughs> for like our kidney disease pets and dogs and stuff. And Yep, yep. That's, and that's the thing, like if we have happy, healthy kidneys, we can use the kidneys to help flush out some of the ionized calcium. So if it's, if it's high, we can do that. And it's um, storing and excreting is really controlled by two hormones, which is why we've talked about this already. So parathyroid hormone or PTH and then calcitriol or uh, vitamin D. <laughs> um, so PTH acts to move that bone calcium and phosphorus um, 
to stop the kidneys from dumping calcium. So PTH kind of works with that. It also adds more ionized calcium into the bloodstream. Um, but the problem with that is you've also got that phosphorus too. So you, you, if you're going to use something to increase your ionized calcium, you need to look at phosphorus too. And so that might be a case where you have to do like phosphate binders, <clears throat> kidneys. <laughs> I'm like, sound familiar to you guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Again, if it's happy, healthy, the kidneys should be able to just dump the phosphorus in the urine. But if the kidneys are not functioning, that's where we start getting problems. Calcitriol, right, is calcium absorption into the body from the intestines and release of calcium from bone. And again, we're going to, it's, it's going to help the kidneys to avoid dumping calcium. So it helps kind of retain that calcium. So calcitriol is going to make it. So we have higher blood ionized calcium, um, which is kind of cool. Um, it's all feedback loop, feedback loop. Um, so it's interesting. So um, calcitriol, right, shuts off PTH production in the parathyroid glands. PTH is necessary to activate vitamin D. And those two hormones kind of help shut each other off. So we don't just get calcium going crazy in our body. This is, I like this. I like that this is like the sequence of events that could happen. Yeah. Your blood ionized calcium begins to drop, right? The, the parathyroid gland goes, hey, what? And releases some PTH. The PTH starts circulating and then the ionized calcium begins to, to rise because we've now activated our stores. PTH goes, oh, I think we're good. Our vitamin D is then activated. Um, once it's activated, the parathyroid gland goes, oh, cool, we're good. I'm going to turn off PTH. And we, it's all about homeostasis. I love homeostasis. It is great. Seriously, we need a shirt. We need a shirt. I know. I was thinking about this, like I was brainstorming. <laughs> I was like, I could, I bet you I could design like a feedback loop shirt. Like, oh, oh, oh how fun would that be? This is us being super nerdy right now. <laughs> I know. Maybe, maybe I'll get it together in time for the conference. And then like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. I need some design people. Like I always have, like, this is how I am when I get tattoos. Like I have an idea, but I don't have the details of it. Like I want an artist mm. to come up with the details, but like, if I, I just. Right. <laughs> we'll figure this out. So there are, um, there's a bunch of conditions that will mess up the homeostasis of our, of our, I was going to say vitamin D of our calcium in the bloodstream. Big one is vitamin D deficiency. Um, I think we've all heard of that at this point, <laughs> please get your vitamin D, uh, kidney disease, right? That's, that's a big one. Um, postpartum moms, like, especially if it's a small dog with a ton of puppies that can mess up calcium. And there's, there's a couple of more. We'll, we'll go into that in a minute too, of like the differentials. <laughs> um, if, you know, we do become low in calcium. Things that we'll see is uh, muscle contractions become abnormal and the nervous system becomes excitable. 
Um, it's basically seizures. They call Which this hypocalcemic tetany. During a malignant hyperthermia episode last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, in dogs, those seizures happen when we, um, our total calcium drops be- below six milligrams per deciliter or ionized calcium 1.5. Um, in dogs, not so much in cats. Um, this can be associated with exercise during a hypocalcemic state. So like, let's say, you know, postpartum mom, right. She's feeding her puppies and then she goes for a run like that could cause too much use of calcium, which can cause a problem. So you can also see just nervousness and excitement, disorientation, um, ataxia, fever, weak pulses, (laughs) excessive panting, muscle twitching, muscle tension, tremors. Um, Cats tend to be a little bit more just like listless. And then their third eyelids will come up. The other weird thing that can happen is they can actually become painful from all the muscle cramping. And that can actually cause them to be aggressive. So just keep that in mind. I get that. If we go. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I know. I've had some pretty wicked muscle cramps. And I'm like, "Ah." (laughs) Yeah. yeah. If the calcium drops below four or four milligrams per deciliter or one millimole, um, you can die. <laughs> so <Let me> again, <laughs> our heart, our heart muscle, it's fine. It just needs, needs a little calcium. So here's a list, but I think there's more than this, this list. So hypoparathyroidism. So this could be, um, hypoparathyroidism or we, um, removed it after thyroidectomy. This is why we monitor ionized calcium really closely post-op acute renal failure, chronic renal failure, acute pancreatitis, hypoalbuminemia, uh, eclampsia, intestinal malabsorption, toxins. So ethylene glycol and phosphate, uh, enemas can cause low calcium. Nutritional secondary hyperparathyroidism, which I think is mostly reptiles. I think of like the rubbery mm. bones, right? I think dogs and cats can get it, but it's not super common. Yeah. Um, Cushing's, right? Uh, low calcium, which is funny. Uh, low vitamin D. And then trauma, which I, this blows my mind. I never thought of trauma for low calcium, but really like, if, I feel like trauma should be on every differential list. <laughs> All right. I mean, only sure. because like, I mean, like as soon as you get inflammation, like, I mean, like not to be like TMI, but yeah. like I had a bunch of, like I stressed my body got like super inflamed and was like upset just from stress. And like, yeah. And so it's like any sort of inflammation can just like cause chaos. Like well, yeah, 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 for sure. So it's like, yeah, yeah I but guess. this is, so this is interesting. So, um, dogs that have a blunt penetrating traumatic injury. So think hit by a car or I don't know, skewered themselves on a stick, <laughs> especially abdominal trauma. They're more susceptible to 
uh, low calcium. So low ionized calcium concentration, which is kind of crazy. Um, it's, it's a good idea to check an ionized calcium for these patients because they will end up spending more time in the hospital and ICU require more intensive treatments. Um, and they have a poorer prognosis than dogs that have normal calcium levels. So it's kind of one of those crazy things. Like if you've got a critically ill patient or a traumatic injury, it, it really should be one of those things that we're checking. Um, a really simple way to do it in my hospital was you do your full chemistries and instead of doing your electrolyte slides, which because we had IDEX, we just did an ISTAT Chem 8, which has electrolytes and an mm -hmm. ionized calcium. And it it covers that. So instead of using the slides, we would do the, the cartridge. So just kind of be aware that that could be something to kind of think about in a weird way <laughs> with a trauma patient. Mm-hmm. All right. So some just kind of in that differential diagnosis, like, so if we've got um, some of the ways that they present, so small dog, too big of a litter, maybe she's having trouble um, even just giving birth, right? Check her out. Nice calcium. We maybe have to supplement that could be either injectable or oral um, calcium just to make sure that we're not having issues chronic renal failure, right? We want to check our ionized calcium. Um, it can be either low or high. It just kind of depends on what's going on. But we also want to look at our phosphorus level because again, ionized calcium and phosphorus, they kind of go back hand in hand. Pancreatitis, um, because the pancreas produces the, the, the enzymes to digest food, it can make it so that we um, either absorb too much or too little of calcium. Um, usually it's too low, which is kind of crazy. So um, kind of how this works is if fats are digested, triglycerides are released in um, or release bound blood calcium. And that makes the ionized calcium level go down, which is kind of crazy. But anyways pancreatitis um toxins so you know especially antifreeze i think of especially we're getting into that time of the year um that can cause kidney failure which then causes issues with calcium i think we've already talked about pth deficiency right parathyroid Mm -hmm. yeah um, episode 58 we talked about parathyroid disease and yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've got that. Um, diagnostics. I mean, really it's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, you do either total calcium and an ionized calcium. Um, you can test urine, which is interesting. I don't know if I've ever tested urine for calcium. Oh no. Uh, I feel like I have, but like looking for a specific weird disease, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Like, is it Fanconi's that you kind of look for calcium? Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Is that one of them? I don't even remember. Oh my God. It's been like eight years since I saw that Fanconi dog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, I, again, I don't think calcium checking in urine is super frequent. Um, but yeah, I think it might be Fanconi's that we 
<laughs> is like the only time I've ever looked for it. The other the other thing too to just kind of look in history is diet to make sure you know we know what diet these patients are on, especially if they're on an all meat diet and they're not uh, using the appropriate supplements, right? Because all meat is not going to have all the it's not balanced unless they are appropriately doing that. So we want to make sure we keep an eye on that. Um, we could do a PTH blood level if we're, you know, concerned. So that's something that we can do. And the other thing too is, um, magnesium. <clears throat> if we have low magnesium, that can cause a secondary hypoparathyroidism, which then would make calcium levels change. So those are all kind of things to kind of keep in mind. Uh, treatment is fairly straightforward. Um, you know, we want to treat the hypocalcemia and that's figuring out what the problem is and, and correcting it. So, you know, we might need to look at our vitamin D. We might need to look at our calcium supplementation, um, if it's an emergency situation, like they're seizing, right, then we can do um, calcium gluconate IV um, and then just kind of, you know, seeing how they do and monitoring for um, our calcium levels. So we kind of, we've touched on treatment a little bit already, but if um, obviously if they're having like an acute crisis, right, we need to get their calcium higher, um, so hospitalization, IV calcium, um, once that crisis is over though, and the patient's stable, um, they will probably need some oral calcium as well as, um, vitamin D supplementation. And this is, it kind of depends on what, what the underlying cause was. This can be long-term or it could just be like, you know, if it's a transient thing, like I think of like a, um, you know, thyroidectomy and like we pissed off the parathyroids kind of thing. Um, so it just kind of depends. Um, or like a eclampsia thing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. Um, temporary things. <laughs> temporary things. Yeah. So the, the, the oral calcium and the vitamin D can take up to four days to really, um, kick in and, you know, get in their system enough. So that's why they do need to be, um, hospitalized and getting an IV or it can go sub Q, but I think we usually do IV for these, um, because it can, uh, and this is probably why we never do it. You can do it, um, sub Q, but it can cause inflammation and you can get calcium deposits. So almost like a calcinosis cutis kind of situation in that Ooh. area, which, ooh, no thanks. which is probably why we always do an IV. Um, but it is less expensive to do sub Q. So like, if you have a client that just really can't, it can be an option. They just need to know that that's the potential that can happen. And then the three different forms of vitamin D um, for long-term, there's vitamin D2, um, which is ergo calciferol, which is kind of funny. There's DHT, which is dihydrotactosterol, just DHT. And then vitamin D3, which is um, calcitriol. Uh, D2 is kind of your over-the-counter vitamin D supplement. Um, so you can just get that as a nutraceutical. Um, my doctors always just say, go with like a reputable brand, right? Um, make sure that 
you're not switching too many of like brands and stuff like that. Make sure you're getting the right amount, all that fun business. Um, and then DHT um, can, is, it does have a faster onset than D2. Uh, it takes anywhere from one to seven days, but um, it can take four to 21 days to get that calcium level lowered if you're using the DHT. Um, Calcitriol, that is the big one that we think of with um, hypoparathyroidism. So it's giving twice a day. Max effect can take one to four days. Um, if the calcium gets too high, we could drop it um, anywhere from, you know, one to one day to two weeks, basically, um, after discontinuing the calcium will drop. So just kind of have to keep an eye on them. Uh, you can get them compounded. I think we usually do the compounding for calcitriol um, to get the appropriate size because it does come over the counter, but that's not, sorry, not over the counter. It does come in a human form, but it's usually not the right dose for a lot of our patients because a lot of our kids are like little. So yeah, I, yeah. I want to say, I don't think I've ever dealt with like a large breed no. with these issues. Uh, I have, but it was like a post thyroidectomy kind of thing where yeah, like the, where it was the parathyroids got ding dinged and not great. So yeah. Um, the one thing though, to kind of keep in mind, um, for calcium, when we're talking about oral calcium supplementation, um, there's, there's a couple of different forms. So you just want to be careful. They're not all created equal. So make sure that, you know, you're, you're getting a reputable brand. Um, so just kind of look at that as far as monitoring goes, um, you are going to want to do the ionized calcium and the, the total calcium. Although we usually, I think in internal medicine, we, most of the times we're looking at ionized calcium, um, because we want to make sure that, you know, we're not too high and like causing kidney failure because too much calcium can cause kidney failure. Um, and too little is going to cause seizures. So we want to make sure that we're maintaining at that appropriate level. Um, if you've got a patient that's got like hypoparathyroidism, they'll need to come in every three to four months just to make sure that their calcium levels are well doing well. You know, if they're stable, you can maybe push it out longer than that. It just kind of depends. But the clients really do need to keep a really close eye and make sure that they're not noticing any issues. Um, things to kind of the, the, you can look at if it's becoming too high is going to be vomiting, diarrhea, excess water consumption, listlessness. So if the clients are noticing that at all, they really should bring them in um, to just check a calcium level and make sure we're not over supplementing um, to, to get them to a normal level. Um, so we just want to make sure we're, we're keeping a close eye on it. So this is Unfortunately, it is one where you're going to be um, talking to the client quite a bit and just making sure, you know, they they um, know what to monitor for because that's going to be that's going to be the big one is setting up like recheck appointments and that kind of thing. So, any cautions or anything? You oh, I guess cautions. 
Um, I guess the cautions is just like close monitoring. And if you're going to do sub Q, just monitor for that. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. be aware of what the side effects are of either low or high <laughs> calcium levels. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's going to be the big one. Um, and then if you want to know more, um, obviously Merck Veterinary Manual. Uh, I found some stuff on VIN and Eclin Path. They they had some good stuff too. So we'll we'll put the we'll put the links in the in the show notes. Um, anything else you can think of for low calcium? Um, no. There's a reason why I didn't want to do this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you don't we don't see a ton of it, but we'll we'll see it sometimes. Um, calcium is one of those kind of crazy ones, so yeah, it's not yeah. my favorite. <laughs> You're like electrolytes and minerals, <laughs> which is funny. Like, no, I like minerals and stuff. Like, I just, just specifically calcium. not calcium. Yeah. I think it's I just, funny because I do take my vitamin D supplement every day because yeah. I think I would like calcium more if I took the time to get a really good understanding of like how it works, like how it actually functions in the body, like what it does. And like I just, you know, like I want to know the nitty-gritty details of calcium. You you do? Okay. To yeah. So like so that way, you know, I just have a better understanding of it. But like until I take the time to do that, I don't. You don't want to know about it right now. <laughs> no, somebody else can treat these ones. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, if you guys have questions, please let us know if you have suggestions for episodes because we are now four years in. <laughs> um, definitely send them along. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's everything. I think so. Not too bad. Hopefully you guys got some little nuggets from today's episode. And then um, if we see you in Austin next week, we'll see you there. Please say hi. Because I'm excited because we get to do a a lecture together, which is really cool. Yeah, that'll be fun. We've never actually done one in person together, which will be super exciting. And I'm bringing swag. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, swag. Yeah. I'm running low on swag. I've I've actually been giving it out this year. I'm very excited that I do that. <laughs> it's like, please take it. Please take it. I don't want to take it home with me. <laughs> yeah, right. So. All right. Well, everybody have a wonderful uh, rest of your week. I hope that that tech week starts with a bang in a couple of days. Um you're not totally overwhelmed with everything that is vet tech week um because sometimes it gets crazy all right cool we'll have a great day guys keep getting your learn on and we'll talk thank you for listening to today's episode of the internal medicine for vet techs podcast If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettex.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.